to share a scripture. Um, it's in Deuteronomy 4.9. I'm going to open with that. It says, Only take care and keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Uh, make them known to your children and your children's children. I love that scripture um, because I never want to forget. And in speaking on frontline women praying for your children, the topic was so broad, and because I have a passion for um, teaching children, because you're able to bring them to the Lord at a very young age, and it's never early enough to bring them to the Lord. I walked into this church um, with two sons, one age one-year-old and a three-year-old, and that's who I walked in. And what kept me married as long as I was married, which was only five years, and then I was headed for a divorce, I felt there was no hope. But then we came to church and we got saved. But there's a message that was preached way back then that always stuck to my heart. And I'm not going to preach to you, but I, I just want to share um, what transformed and what kept me coming. Because even when we were coming to church, um, we would come to church and put on our Christian mask, and then we would go home, and then we would fight like cats and dogs. So there was still a lot of bondage, a lot of deliverance, a lot of healing that needed to take place. And for me, the self-righteous woman that I was, it took a couple of years. My husband immediately um, got delivered. Okay, I'm going to share a tiny bit of my testimony. He got delivered from alcohol. That was a bondage, okay? And actually, I realized, and that's the teaching that I want to teach on, is on the generational curse. And I realized, and it scared me to death to think that that spirit would jump on my kids. And they would be carried on. That's what I want to teach on. But I wanted to open up with that scripture. And that was back in 1980 when we were back then Victory Chapel. And, um, you know, before we became New Harvest. So you can imagine, you know, going through all that and living like that at a young age, getting married at 19, getting saved at 24. Um, you know, I walked in um, bitter. My heart was hard. Um, I had hatred in my heart. And... Um, what kept me coming, because I couldn't believe that my husband could, just like that, uh, be transformed and delivered from alcohol, because he tried for five years to quit. He couldn't. He couldn't. And we tried every which way. I tried every trick up my sleeve, and God couldn't do it. But with my little boys, my two little boys, I ended up having four children, but I started with the two when I got saved. And I just said, if there's any hope here, because I didn't know God, I didn't know his ways, I didn't know his word, um, um, I just had religion, and even that I failed at. So, you know, I asked God, and I prayed back then, you know, for my children. I started with my children. I just said, save them, Lord. You know, save them and keep them. Keep me. And as frontline mothers and women, we have to be in the front line because I've gone through season after season and age. You know, now my, my oldest son is, what, 43 or something like that? You know, and then the other one's two years younger, which the ones that I walked in, they're still walking in the pathway of the Lord. You know, and, um, um, but what I realized, there's only one year after being married, and it's not about my testimony, this is just an introduction. I really want to, you know, speak on the... Um, generational curse upon our children that could possibly, and I know for me, this is part of my testimony. I don't talk about that a lot, 
because I always want to praise God and give God the honor and glory for saving and keeping us. But um, my husband was bound by alcohol. After one year, I realized that he couldn't, he couldn't um, escape the bondage of alcohol. And, um, and things went downhill from there. So my first pregnancy with my first son, those whole nine months was just um, torture, you know. Um, but um, after five years of dealing with all that, you know, I just figured that was just the end, that our marriage wasn't going to survive, you know, and nobody could help us. We, we tried, you know, and um, nothing was going to help us, you know, fighting um, the way the world fights, which is what? Flesh and blood, Right. You know, um, you know, name calling, putting down, throwing things, you know, um, you know, promising, broken promises, all, all of that, right? All of that, you know, uh, you know. So you're so blessed if you have little children and you've been saved, you're walking in the front line, and you have, you, you know, you're affecting a, a grandchild or, you know, uh, a child. If you have young children, I know a lot of lots of you are young, so I'm assuming you have young children. Uh, you're so blessed. You're so blessed, you know, because I had to come in with all the baggage, you know, that comes along with not being saved, you know. And even though it was only five years, that was the longest five years of hell here on earth for me, you know, and for him. He was miserable, too, and he was in bondage. He tried, but only God was able to deliver him. But I want to speak on is our children, okay, that are affected, you know, that are affected by this. Um, so, but... I want to skip to this part. Then we got saved. Okay? So all of that, but then we came in and we got saved. Um, And the first prayer that I ever said together with my husband was a sinner's prayer. We prayed, and we asked God to come into our heart, and my husband was instantly delivered. I've never, rarely you meet men that just come into the house of God and just totally surrender. I had told him so many times that it's your fault. You know, and um, when it came to my children, I wouldn't even let them look at my son when he was born. All the homeboys wanted to see him, let me see him. I would cover his face. I said, you're not getting near. And that's what changed my life was my children, you know, the love that I had for them. And I just, that's where I made my stand. I said, nope, I'm not going to put up with it no more. You know, now I have, you know, one child, and that's where it started. And then I ended up having four, right? Um and, you know, like I told you before, it took a couple of years. It took a couple of years for me to fully, um, you know, surrender my life and see a transformation uh, because I would have nightmares that, you know, my husband was going to come back. He was going to go back to his ways, you know, even though he had accepted Christ. I, I couldn't believe it. And, and um, me being, you know, the self-righteous woman that I was back then, um, you know, I had experienced God myself. And, and this message, like I said, really opened my eyes to, to the value and the importance of being a frontline mom, you know, and however you affect. Like I said, to this day, um, I have a learning center and kids come in, and man, the first thing I want to do is lead them to the Lord, show them the ways of the Lord, walk them through, right? And, you know, and in Sunday school too, because you've got to get them when they're young, right? So... So what I want to um, do a little teaching on is on generational curses. And this is a message that, like I said, you know, maybe you don't hear very often, but this is what opened my eyes to what could possibly be in the future with my children. Because they were only one and three years old. They were very, very young. They don't know anything other than what you introduce them to. 
however you raise them, however you speak with them, however you do everything that you do is being reflected on your children. And um, and I felt like when the sermon was preached, you know, way back in my early days, uh, I just felt it was for me. Like I received it from the Holy Ghost, you know, upon my family. Like this is you. This is you. And... Um, and I'm just going to pray that, you know, my testimony could just encourage someone here, help you to keep on fighting, fighting keep on battling, staying in the front line, um, you know. My daughter tells me all the time, I promised I wouldn't talk about her, but she tells me all the time, how do you do it, Mom? And I said, I've been doing this ever since I got saved. You know, there's no turning back. There's no other way, you know. And, you know, you have to be strong. Um, so now I have four four grown children and I have ten grandchildren. So it never ends, you know. You keep going, right? <laughs> and, um, yeah, we've had the Learning Center close to 30 years and um, I love it. Okay, like Sister Nancy says, what is your gifting? Well, I know one of my giftings is teaching. I know one of my gifting is kids. I love kids, right? And I'm in the front line, you know. I, you can't let your kids, uh, you know, you know, be in front of you. You're in front. You're front line. You have to be strong in your prayer. You have to be strong in your word, you know, and in your faith, right? Um, and the larger your family, the more you have to pray. doesn't matter if they're near or if they're far. You pray for them, right? You pray for them, and you claim God's word over them. Um, so this year, like I said, I came in ready for a divorce and... Um, and in September, we celebrated our 47-year anniversary. So, and I give God all the honor and glory. And that's what we want. That's what we want for ourselves. And that's what we want for our children, right? And, um, but part of my testimony is um, the bondage of alcohol. And I'm not talking about casual drinking or anything. It was like a, a bondage. And when... They preached on generational curses. I learned a lot that um, as far as I can remember way back, um, um, alcohol ran through both my husband and my um, family, okay? Uh, my great-grandfather, my grandfather. My grandfather is a binge drinker. He would drink day and night for like months at a time, and then he would stop. And I never met a, a binge drinker like that. And I just said, wow, you know. And he'd be drunk 24 hours for a month, and then he would stop, and he wouldn't drink at all. I wasn't saved. I didn't know the Lord, and I didn't ask him any questions. It's just how he was, right? Um, affecting me, uh, it, it passes on through the bloodline, you know, down to my uncles, you know, and, um, and down to my father. And I'm not going to um, go in details about this, but... I had experienced molestation, you know, with my father on my life. And, and that was during the time when my, hus my dad was drinking um, alcohol again. So when I got saved and, you know, they preached this message, you know, all these memories are coming back, you know. Things that you tuck inside of you that you don't tell nobody, that you don't even understand yourself, you know. Even when I told my husband that, you know, this had happened to me, he goes, well, that was so long ago, and I said, it just feels like it's just happening now because God wanted to heal me, and God wants to heal you. If you're going to be frontline, God, God needs to heal you and deliver you. Yeah, it hurts. Yeah, it's a battle. 
I battled. That was a hard time in my life. But on my husband's side, the same thing. Um, alcoholism ran just as deep in his bloodline. Um, his mother had a mental, uh, psychological issues, always in a, in a home, you know, getting shock treatments. And uh, my husband having to go visit her in the hospital, uh, you know, brothers bound by alcohol, the curse, the generational curse that passes in your bloodline, right? And, um, you know, and it could affect it could affect your children, you know, because there's certain um, certain curses. I, I'm not saying everyone, but there's certain curses. And I knew when this message was preached, I said, that's us. I go, look at my family, you know. When we got saved, we couldn't even go to family functions anymore because everybody was drinking. And my husband would say, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink. Well, he, he'd take one, and that was it. That's all it took, right? We had to be delivered. We had to be... Um, Removed, you know, from from all of that, right? Um, and now, you know, I mean, I have so much to share, you know, to people. You know, I could write a book, you know, about all that I went through, you know, just in that short time, and how painful it was, and the deliverance that is needed through salvation. Salvation is everything, you know. And we've got to keep our heart, you know, uh, filled with God, you know. Like I said, you know, always being in prayer. You know, but I just say, for the sake of the kids that are young, that are innocent, they didn't ask to be born. My daughter tells me that all the time. You wanted me. You wanted me. I go, yeah, you're right. You're right, you know. And um, we did. We prayed for a little girl because we had three boys. And uh, my husband, he wanted a little girl. And God answered his prayer. And so she reminds us of that. And um, <laughs> so... You know, when I got saved, um, you know, it was just the beginning. So you're still, like I said, you're not all sanctified, right? You're not all holier than thou and my, you know, all of the bickering that went along, you know. It's a growth process, you know. And it's the same way for our kids. It's the same way for our kids. I brought my kids to the learning center. It was a learning center before it was a school here. And I brought them, brought them here because I wanted them to grow up in the ways of the Lord. I had to learn the ways of the Lord as a mother, you know, and as a father to my husband. And, um, and, and so if you're sowing seeds in any area where children are um, involved, uh, I give kudos to you because that's one of the best um, rewards is to see them transform, see them grow in God, see them starting to come to church, you know, see them getting baptized, right? We just had baptism at my house, and all the young kids came. All the Sunday school class came. All the youth came, you know, and many of them um, got baptized, you know. And uh, it's powerful. It's powerful how God could use your testimony, what he delivered you out of, and pour into our children, right? Um, You know, my husband has a famous quote, and, you know, a few of you that are in here from Azusa Church, uh, he always says this. He says, you can say whatever you want to say about me. He says, but you will never say it about my children and my grandchildren and he says that often and he meets it and he says that was a generational curse it will not come down on my children or my grandchildren so we need to fight and pray for our children and our grandchildren and for all children because I just have a special heart you know for kids right um So, um, breaking generational curses. 
Curses run along bloodlines. Like I said, I know, I know that I know that um, the curse of um, generational curse was in both my side, you know, and my husband's side. And, you know, we had experienced a lot of heartache. Um, and I said, it's not going to pass down to our children. Exodus 20, verses 5 through 6, God warns the children of Israel not to follow God, uh, false gods, God saying, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the Father upon the children. It says, to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. And so iniquity, meaning to be bound or bent um, by a certain sin. So obviously in my family, bloodline, it was alcohol. Okay? Um, and we see that iniquity of the parents is carried on to the children. And when I heard that message, I said, whoa, you know, to the third and fourth generations. So a child can be like his parents, grandparents, or great-grandparents. So I know I have a big responsibility. You know, that's what keeps me going. Um, it, it says that children may have um, an inner inclination towards the same sinful habits, right? If you open your door... When we got saved, you know what? We took statues down. We cut wires in our van. No, no music at all. Um, we cut the wire. We didn't have TV. My kids were raised for a certain portion. They do now. But, I mean, you know, when they were little and we first got saved, there was no TV in our house. We didn't want anything unclean. We didn't want any unclean um, spirits to be, uh, uh, for them to be affected. Thank God they didn't have cell phones back then. You know, they didn't have no Nintendos. They didn't have, they didn't have anything, right? And all they had was Jesus, you know. They just had Jesus. We took them to church. We were committed to um, the ways of the Lord. And that's how our kids were raised when they were little, you know. Um, and a generational curse can only be canceled by the blood, okay. And we know that's the blood of Jesus, right. Power in the blood of Jesus. Romans 3, um, 23 through 25 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are... Um, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. Um, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Jesus had left the sins committed beforehand um, unpunished. So this is really, uh, you know, serious because I know as moms it's a difficult role to um, to be a leader of your children because, you know, as your children grow, you know, you go through the um, pre-teenage years, you know, and then you go through the rebellious years uh, of, you know, teenagers, right? And, um, and so it's hard, you know, it's hard at times, you know, you battle, you know, you battle a lot. I've had a lot of battles, you know, but, you know, God's kept me. God's kept me, you know, I've been saved and I haven't, you know, we never turned our back on the Lord, thank God, and he's helped as all, um, you know, with our children, right? The ninth chapter of Hebrews tells us that Jesus placed his blood on the mercy seat in heaven, not once a year, but one time for all eternity to obtain eternal salvation for all who put their faith and trust in him. So this is what we have to remember, being his frontline, um, you know, parents, 
and our women. We receive Jesus' sacrifice through faith. His death on the cross paid the penalty and broke the power of sin for everyone from Adam to the last person standing at the end of the age. So uh, salvation for us is vital, and we have to remember that that salvation is passed on to all of our children, right? And, um, but we know that salvation is not effective in our lives until we personally accept Jesus' sacrifice by faith and apply it for ourselves. So um, this is us as frontline women, um, mothers, right, grandmothers, right? Um, the same is true of deliverance from generations, iniquities, and curses. Just as salvation is received through faith, so must deliverance from generational iniquities and curses also. And you'll know if you're... Uh, if you have unclean, you know, I mean, in your bloodline, you know, you'll know. Like I said, we couldn't go to any family functions um, because, you know, that curse is so strong, you know, and it could vex you, you know. Uh, maybe you know, or maybe you yourselves have gone through a period of, um, you know, backsliding, you know, and, and falling back into the sin that God delivered you from. And that's a difficult road to walk, you know, or to live with, you know, an unsaved spouse. Um, very difficult, you know, because you see them going uh, opposite of what the Lord's Word says and the ways God wants. So we have to be strong because you never know when they're going to walk back in that door and they're going to repent of their sins and they're going to be delivered, you know, from the curses, generational curses or whatever it would be. You've got to be there for them and you've got to be strong. It's not easy, but you have to do it. So this is breaking the curse, right? If you're living under generational curse, it will be canceled when you, through faith, receive the blood of Jesus for all deliverance, right? Um, the day that my husband said the sinner's prayer, uh, never once um, drank beer again. And he had tried for five years to get deliverance, and he even went to a Raleigh Hills rehab center, you know, and um, and all they do there, the treatment was just giving him more, more beer, more beer, to where he got sick of it. But that wasn't deliverance. That wasn't true deliverance, right? You know, only through the blood of Jesus, you know, only that curse was broken through salvation. But you know what, he never he never went back this time. Oh. All right. Okay. So, breaking the curse, um, you know, you have to pray, you have to confess, uh, you know, thank God for curses that have been broken in your bloodline, um, canceled and broken off from my family now, like I said, all my kids are serving God at our new Harvest of Zusa, you know, all 10 grandchildren attend there also. Um, and... Um, the, the verse says, I'll, I'll end with this, that the blessing goes not only three or four generations, but up to a thousand generations, and the blessing is much stronger than the curse. Deuteronomy 30:15 through 19 says, See, I've set before you today 
life and good, death and evil. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Pray for your children, and you will see great rewards and great blessings, you know. And um, I'm praying for you. Pray for me as we all battle together. Amen.